Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful Missoula, Montana. Join me like he does each week as the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Labanowitz, who yet again is the envy of us all down there in West Palm Beach, Florida. This is our new coach hire show, which we do every year. There's a lot of new hires this year. Couldn't grab them all, but we grabbed, I think, a pretty good cross-section from conferences and interesting schools. Stone, the championship game is next week. Championship game preview show will be next week. I know I'm really looking forward to doing it, and I'm really looking forward to being down there in Frisco with all the people once again. Yeah, I can't wait to be on site, Kev. Get to watch this uh, Dakota marker for all the marbles on site. Honestly, can't ask for anything better right there. The odds were posted a few days ago, so you got South Dakota State opening up at 3.5 and and minus 170, 180 on the money line. Hey, it is right around the corner, Kev. I honestly, I think I might be a little more excited than you because this is my first appearance at a natty. Gotcha. And, you know, the distinguished citizen of North Carolina likes to say that to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, in South Dakota State's case, to be the man, you got to beat the man twice. And that's awfully hard to do, Stone LeBanowitz. Yeah, that's right, uh, Kev. I, uh, man, I, I think one of the biggest reasons I'm excited for January 8th is because uh, we get to watch a, a rabbit beat a bison. And I'm excited to do so. And yeah, twice in one season. I mean, the, nothing, nothing. Sounds better than that. We got some business to take care of this week before we get to the new coaching hire segments. And those people that you're going to hear from in that segment will be Ed Lamb, the brand new head coach for Northern Colorado. Danny Rocco, the new head coach of the VMI Cadets. Mr. Maurice Drayton, the new head coach of the Citadel Bulldogs. And Brent Deerman, the new head coach for North Alabama. I'm going to do three interviews. Stone's going to do one. I have a little bit more time since I'm iced in this week in Montana. Stone is uh, playing 36 holes of golf a day, which, you know, he calls me and tells me about it. And I know he feels bad while he's doing it, but he still goes out there and, and enjoys it. But before we get to the new coaching hires, we got this business to take care of with the Bill Schwanke Award. We introduced you to the four of the finalists last week, and here are the last three finalists for FCS Broadcaster of the Year. We'll get to the last three finalists for the Bill Schwanke Award right after these messages from the NCAA. In the Division I Football Championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. Greg Stottlemyre from the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. McKinney has Sloan to his left in the bottom of the seventh overtime for the victory. Going for two from the three. Switch the tight end, Allen to the left. McKinney gets the snap. Looks, Sloan, caught, in zone. Touchdown. Colonels win it in seven overtimes. Two receivers each way from the right hash for McKinney's. 21-32 today. 53-49 UNA McKinney. Quick pass, wide open. Touchdown. Eastern Kentucky on homecoming with eight seconds to go. It's a trifecta. A hat trick for McCoy. Snap good. Roll left. Left footer into it. Good, and a right? beautiful spiral. Smith over the shoulder at the 27. Backs to the 25 room. 
40, down the sidelines. Only a few white jerseys. Cuts in between the numbers to the 30. Spun around, breaks a tackle down to the 18-yard line. A rumbling run from his own 25. Second down and goal from the two. EKU, a touchdown to tie it. McKinney wants the snap. He gets it. Going to throw the fade to Higgins. He got it. Touchdown, Higgins. 101 to go. 61 seconds. We're tied at 16. He beat Iman Allen. Jason Ross from the Sacramento State Hornets. Second and goal from the eight. O'Hara will shift Scadaboo. It's an option play. O'Hara will keep it. O'Hara to the five. O'Hara elevates. Oh, my. And oh. he sticks the landing. Oh, Natalie Komenich. <laughs> Olga Corbett. Asher O'Hara went head over heels and stuck the landing in the end zone. Squawny 3-13, fly, Asher, fly. Will they keep O'Hara in? Will they run, or are they going to throw this with Asher on third and five? Fulcher goes in motion. They fake the handoff. O'Hara's going to throw it. He looks deep ball. Down the middle of the field, Pierre Williams. It's caught. Goodbye, Pierre. 10-5. Touchdown, Sacramento State. The Hornets take the lead. Back to throw is Dunaway. Now throws out to the boundary. It's caught by Scadaboo. Scadaboo one-on-one. Oh, goes airborne right over the defense. Spins down the sideline. Keeps the play alive. And he goes inside the pylon. Touchdown! Wow! Cameron Scadaboo does it all. (laughs) McGough on to punt. Aggies looking like they're going for a punt block. Rolling out. It's a fake. McGough's going to keep it himself. Run, Cal, run! Cal to the 40. First down, Hornets. What a time to make the call. Cal McGough on a fake punt. Scoots down the sideline. So here we go. Second straight week that the defense can try to preserve a win. 31-28 Hornets. It's fourth down and 11 for the visiting Vandals. Both teams are perfect in the big sky. Can the Hornet defense step up again and get them to 8-0 on fourth and 11? McCoy changing the play at the line of scrimmage. He has three receivers left, one to the right. They need to get to the Hornet. 47-yard line. McCoy back to pass. Pressure coming, and they're going to sack him. Ball is loose. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. The Hornets recover. That'll be the ball game, and Sacramento State is going to go to 8-0. Jay Colley from the William & Mary Tribe. Well, this kick is returnable, and Drayshawn Kendrick will get it right at the 10. Sideways to the 15-20, a little bit of a hole at the 25, and a nice run back from the CA leader in kickoff return. Throwing it left side, and that is a pickoff down the sideline of the 20 at the 10, and that will be a pick six. Touchdown, William and Mary, Jalen Jones, his second pick of the game, and it's six points. Third down and about seven to go, and they need to get to around the 10. Quarterback will run the football, hitting the backfield and drop. John Pius got in there. So did Moman Zahid. Pitch back left side. Malachi Emo's got some running room. He's at the 10. To the 5. Touchdown, William and Mary. Malachi Emo with a 3 TD day. Going downfield. One-on-one coverage. Complete to Kayla Newton. Kayla Newton with that classic leap and wanting the ball more. The Tribe 15th team in the country versus Lafayette. And he's swamped and felled. John Pius coming through with Nate Lynn. You're not going to get away from those guys. Comes down to this. Rhode Island trying to win it as time expired. The two-point conversion will win it. If the Tribe can thwart it, Tribe wins. Hill rolls to the left. And now going to be hit and dropped. William & Mary has won the ball game. Biggest defensive play of the year for William & Mary.
Curry as the Tribe wins this ball game on the last play of the game. A 10-win regular season for the first time in school history. The final score, William and Mary 37 and Richmond 26. Kev, I know I ranted and raved on last week's episode about the play-by-play guys, but I want to do it again. I just want to put into perspective for everybody out there that this is the voice attached to the football team. If you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a coach through social media and that's how you watch these games and keep up with the team, this is the voice that you guys know. This is the voice that you're going to continue hearings to come. I said this on last week's episode. I want to bring it back up. You know, me, a player, when I was always around Mike Reese, who is Southern Illinois' play-by-play guy, has been for decades. And I sat down and had conversations with him about the team that we were playing. He would go back and give me the history of 2012, the finish, right, when the game ended on a field goal. And you just have to appreciate how long these guys have been around, how much time, energy, and research is on into these games each and every week. And I'm super glad that we're awarding these guys with the Bill Schwanke the first time we're doing this, Kev, I just wanted to reinstate how important these guys are to teams because not enough can be said. Best of luck to all those gentlemen and all the other finalists for the Bill Schwanke Award. It will come out next week, right before the championship game. Everyone who's been nominated is very deserving. It's a shame only one can win it. It's time for us to take a quick time out. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Kevin will now sit down with Ed Lamb, new head coach at Northern Colorado. Very happy to be joined by Mr. Ed Lamb, the new head coach for the Northern Colorado Bears. Coach Lamb was the head coach at Southern Utah and won the 2015 Big Sky Conference Championship. Coach, as we discussed off air, really glad to see you back as a head coach in FCS. You were one, you were one of my favorite interviews back then when you were at Southern Utah. Oh well, thank you, thank you for having me. I uh, I've just been filled with new energy for new tasks at Northern Colorado, and so excited to be a head coach again. This is a place, Greeley, Colorado, where the show runs. So I'm real partial to that market and KFKA and that and those guys over there. And it's a place where you can have success. The rebuild job there is not going to take as long as a lot of people think. I don't think so, Coach. The cupboard's not bare. You've got some players there. And I think this could be a pretty quick turnaround. What do you feel about that? Well, I agree, I, or else I, you know, I wouldn't have taken the job. But – uh, you know, quite frankly, I do think there's a path to success for every program everywhere. There are just, you know, a multitude of people on every single college campus that are working towards success, trying to find the ways to support the program and uh, elevate programs that, that happen to be down. And, and Northern Colorado, you know, has been, uh, by all accounts, down a bit um, over the last few decades, or at least until they made the Division One transition. But that's a challenge that's very similar to what we took on at Southern Utah, and I can already see some similarities, although it's not exactly the same. There are there are unique circumstances to every university, and Northern Colorado certainly has those as well. And the Big Sky is – it was good when you were there before, but the Big Sky may be the best FCS conference there is right now. 
Yes. Yeah, so, you know, typically uh, when, when we first went to 13 teams and Southern Utah was invited, there were four and five teams uh, in the playoffs or in playoff consideration every year. I think um, in top to bottom, it's probably the premier league in FCS football, a very competitive top to bottom. And, and, I, and I think that was true then, and it remains true now. When you're going to go into the high schools and recruit high school players, and now with the transfer portal, what is your philosophy? Are you going to rebuild for the long term with high school guys, get a lot of transfer guys, or a combination of those two? I think uh, just you know broadly uh, speaking here with a with a big broad brush, it's I don't think that the transfer portal is a sustainable model to build uh, a program at Northern Colorado. I think every situation can be uh, dealt with on a case by case basis. I think there are good quality players in there. And where uh, we have immediate needs, certainly we have to look at transfers, whether that's portal or junior college transfers. But overall, I'm a big believer at the FCS level of bringing in high school development potential talent and then working them and pushing them and motivating them in in special ways that uh, we feel like we do best with our staff and our processes. The administration has been extremely supportive of football there. Could you tell that the minute you walked into that building and you interviewed for the job that they want to win there and they're willing to do what's necessary to do so? I could. You know, over the last few years, um, I've had several um, interviews, was a, a finalist at a few um, uh, FBS uh, schools. And, you know, in, in going through the process several times now for head coaching interviews, one thing that I've seen is that each athletic administration is kind of selling a different vision. And, and one of the things that Darren Dunn said early on in the process was, you know, we we have to get better at football at UNC. And he said, I have to get better as an administrator. My staff has to get better. And so for him to take uh, uh, some of that burden on himself right off the bat was to me a real indication that you know, the whole campus is hungry for success in football. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Ed Lamb, the new head coach for the Northern Colorado Bears. Coach, it seems like since you were in the big sky before that the way the game is played in that league has changed a little bit. You know, you don't see as many 63 to 60 games anymore. Teams want to run the ball, play good defense, and they've kind of taken a page, almost all of them, from the NDSU playbook. Have you kind of seen the same thing? I have, yes, and I just think that's uh, you know championship football in general. There, it's it's easy to make a lot of noise uh, and score a lot of points, and offensive coordinators can build a name for themselves just by maximizing maximizing the number of plays in a game. But that's that's no way to win uh, a football championship. I, you know, that was the way we won championships at Southern Utah was built around complementary football, uh, outstanding defense. Uh, offense that took advantage of situations to score when we could, but also uh, protected the football, protected their our right to punt at times when uh, when the game necessitated that strategy. And so I think, yeah, you, when you when you look at how um, how North Dakota State has, has dominated that national title run, I think you can see that is the formula. Uh, for success. Sometimes a punt isn't a bad thing, is it, Coach? No, it's, it, you know, I, I, I think different situations require different circumstances. A punt in a two-minute drill loses the game. And, uh, you know, a punt a punt when you're in control of a football game or during a competitive game 
can be uh, advantageous for the whole team. And, you know, the thing that I can promise you about Northern Colorado, and, and it was true at, at Southern Utah when I was there, we're not going to have a split team where the offense at the end of the game is saying, well, we scored enough to win, but, you know, it took 120 plays to do it, and the defense feels badly about themselves, or the offensive line feels badly because you can't run the football. To me, the balance of offense, defense, special teams, being able to rush the football and pass the football, all those things are components of a championship football program. And there's, in, in my opinion, it's just theoretical, but in, in my opinion, uh, I don't think that you can have sustainable championship success when you're lopsided in those areas. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Ed Lamb, the new head coach for the Northern Colorado Bears. Coach, looking forward to meeting you in person finally at Media Day. It'll be here before we know it, and we'll be ready to go next fall just as quickly as you snap your fingers, won't we? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light Marksman of the Mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back. 
at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. But like beer at Isopur St. Louis. Folks, we are keeping it rolling through the coaching hire show. This one right here hits pretty close to home to Mr. Kevin Marshall because he had a chance to sit down and talk to the new Citadel Bulldogs head coach. That would be Mr. Maurice Strayton. We're now joined by Mr. Maurice Strayton, the brand new head football coach for the Citadel Bulldogs. Thanks for being here, Coach Strayton. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. So you're going home. Monk's Corner, South Carolina native. I'm a, I'm a West Ashley native. We know that that place has a huge pull on anybody who's from there, and you're also getting to go home to the Citadel. What does that mean to you, Coach? Oh, absolutely. It, it means everything to me, uh, uh, to go home to the place where I, where I cut my teeth, where I was able to, to grow and learn, uh, you know, the maturation process uh, that the Citadel helped complete. Uh, it, it's just exciting. Uh, it's exciting to be around friends and family. But at the same time, you have a task at hand that you, you kind of always look look forward to um, that's going to be challenging so it should be fun and it's going to be fun to do it not only uh at the citadel but it's going to be fun to do it uh while i'm at home experiencing uh family and friends well i know you're busy trying to build a staff and it's been a little difficult because you are still working with the raiders and i know that there's some names out there that people have heard i know you probably won't comment on that coach but have you thought about what kind of systems you're going to run i know that you're a defensive guy. You were the defensive coordinator on the 15 Citadel Southern Conference Championship team. But on the offensive side of the ball, have you had any thoughts about that? Absolutely. You know, there's this misnomer that I'm a defensive guy. I've coached on offense as well, too. I've had tackles and tight ends. I've coached the receivers. Um, so uh, I, I, I have a skill set on offense as, as, as well. Um we are going to run a form of option. Um, it may not be your traditional option as, as you know it and as what we're used to seeing at the Citadel. Uh, it's no secret. Um, we will be in that family. And uh, defensively, it, it will be an attacking style defense, uh, much like uh, you saw uh, during my tenure there as the D coordinator. And in special teams, we're going to be sound and fundamentally uh uh, and technically uh, sound, uh, ready to get after, ready to get after some people and play complimentary football. That's the big thing that I, that I really want to do uh, coming out of the blocks is play complimentary football, where one side of the ball helps the other side of the ball. Coach Drayton, you've done a lot of things in your coaching career. You've been assistant principal at Goose Creek High School, coached at the Citadel, coached in Europe, coached in the NFL. How has all of that and that well-rounded coaching career prepared you for this, your first head coaching experience? Well, uh, I tell people this all the time. Uh, from all my different stops coaching football, uh, it's, it's the same game. Play with the same ball. Uh, some places have a little more money than others. Other places have a little more people in the fans than others. But it's the same game. So um, it, it's not anything. It's not. It's not bigger than 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 I need to make it. It's still football, and I've been prepping and preparing for this through all my experiences, uh, um, through all the challenges that we've had over the years. Um, 
at the end of the day, it's still ball. Whether it's the NFL or whether it's Little League uh, uh, playing for the Berk, uh, Pop Warner Stags. What has Buddy Pugh influenced you? What does he mean to you in your career, Coach Ray? Oh, let me tell you, Coach Pugh is all right with me. So we coached his son, uh, Bud Pugh. He played receiver for us. I was his position coach at the Citadel during the Ellis Johnson era. Um, and so that's when I really got to know the family uh, very well. Uh, and I was working at Goose Creek High School, which you alluded to earlier, uh, as a as a assistant principal, football coach, and uh, Coach Pugh called me out of the blue when Tony Tony Elliott, who is now the head coach at UVA, was leaving South Carolina State to go to Furman, and so he had a position available. And uh, Buddy called me up, and he didn't ask me if I was interested in the job. He told me he was going to hire me, and what day I needed to report. So uh, his matter of factness and uh, the way he attacked things, I, I, I I've taken that from him. I've also taken uh, taken from him uh, doing more with less, and 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 not having an issue with investing your own monies into your program. So uh, there's a lot of lessons I've learned from Buddy Pugh, but that's 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 a few that stick out. When you're at a place like the Citadel, there's a lot of built-in excuses, but that's a place that doesn't do excuses very well. You got the military, you got the academics, time management. Do you think that you can take those young men and use that, what some people might think, as an excuse, as an advantage? It's funny you talk about excuses. Uh, since my time at the Citadel and under uh, some upperclassmen, I learned what excuses are. Excuses are tools of the incompetent, used to build bridges that lead to nowhere. Those who deal in excuses build monuments dedicated to nothing. Therefore, no one on my staff, no player in our program will deal in excuses. Um, I, we we don't deal in excuses. Uh, uh, excuses don't exist. So uh, our daily walk that we chose, because uh, each each young man is 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 choosing this on his own accord. Uh, we're not going to convince anyone that hey, this is where you need to be and this is good for you. No, you're, they're going to choose it, and once they choose it. I think that's half the battle. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Maury Strayton, the brand-new head football coach for the Citadel Bulldogs. When you look at the Southern Conference now, as opposed to it was in 2015, Mercer's there now. You've got East Tennessee State is back and playing good football. That's still a really tough conference, Coach Strayton. The Southern Conference has always been tough. Uh, it will always be tough as long as you have the core nucleus uh, of teams that play in this league. Uh, it will be a challenge every week, um, and, but it's a challenge we're, we're up to. Uh, going back to, uh, you said, my experiences, I don't know a league that I've ever been in where there wasn't challenges week in and week out. So it's part of football, and, 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 and it's simultaneous with life. Every day we get up, there are challenges, and we have to attack those challenges. What's the one Charleston restaurant or Monk's Corner restaurant you're looking forward to getting to more often? <laughs> my mother's kitchen. I can't wait to put my feet under her table. <laughs> She's the best cook around. I think a lot of people would say about their mamas, but I get what you're laying <laughs> down there. Now, you talk about uh, option. And, you know, there's with the last regime, there were people who thought that that was dead and buried and you couldn't do it anymore. 
those sounded like some excuses. And, heck, even I made them on Twitter and even on this program. The option is not dead. You just have to execute it better now and differently, don't you? Well, yes, you definitely have to execute it differently. Uh, the traditional option as we uh, uh, knew it at the Citadel, um, it had to change in, in regards to the perimeter blocking. Once uh, rules were instituted to uh, for, for player safety, player protection, uh, I believe uh, you had to be willing to deviate and, and bend from uh, what we know as uh, the traditional triple option. Uh, you can still run it, but there's different ways and creative ways to run it while adding a, a, a vertical passing threat. And I think that's what we'll see that will be a little bit different. I don't want to uh, go too deep into it. We're going to let our opponents uh, wait until uh, they actually see us or, or they or they send scouts to, pre, to our preseason uh, uh, spring ball. So, Coach, you're asking Citadel people to bend and be flexible. Not a whole lot of them are known for that type of thing, are they? Well, no, I'm not asking Citadel people to bend and be flexible. I'm asking my team <laughs> to execute the offense that we're going to do. Uh, at the end of the day, when we win, everybody will be happy. Uh, that That's what I do know. And it won't happen overnight. I do know that. It's a work in progress. Um, let's, if we're perfectly honest with ourselves, uh, we have a lot of work to do in front of us. Um, and, and, and not just one aspect of the program, but the totality of it. Uh, so we're going to go in there, we're going to roll our sleeves up, and we're going to get to work. And uh, we're going to work hard every day. I will not promise wins and losses, although the wins will come. Uh, um, but what I will promise is every day we go to work, my staff, myself, yeah, you will get 100% of everything we have while we are in that building. Uh, we will be where our feet are, we will be present, and we're going to grind it out uh, to uh, to help make um, Citadel football better. When you got to the NFL as a coach, was there a moment where you stood on the sideline with the roaring crowd and thought, man, this is it, this is big time? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you have those moments, um, especially early on. You know, I had those moments uh, – uh, the first time I went to, uh, uh, we, we were playing, uh, the Raiders, uh, in Oakland. And, uh, just being on that, that, that baseball field that doubled as a football field, thinking about Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson and some of the greats that played on that field, it was really, really, uh, surreal for me. Um, and so I've had moments like that from time to time. Um, not, not as much now. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's for, to be a student of the game, to be a, a football junkie, so to speak. Uh, man, when you get those opportunities, it's special. I, I had the moment the other night when we were playing uh, the Steelers. Like literally, um, while the game's going on, just a gust of wind came out of out of nowhere, and I was thinking, "Wow, that's Franco." And you you felt it through the stadium. I actually, got chills. Uh, so you have those moments uh, um, that hit you. And I'll be honest with you, it's not only in the NFL. I've had those moments in Charleston where uh, it becomes surreal and you think about uh, those who went before you and, and the things that they have done to, to for this great game. I'm sure that you've had a lot of people reach out to you, Coach Drayton, since you've gotten this job at El Cid. 
Uh, I imagine Robin Roberts comes to mind and some other people, but who is the one that meant the most to you? Wow, that is a great question. I don't know that any one person, uh, uh, I would say, meant the most to me with, with the phone call or, or text message reaching out because each and every person that reached out, there was a connection there somewhere uh, along, along, along the line. And through that connection, it helped get me to where I am today. So I would, I would hesitate to, to point out one call, text, et cetera, singularly. So coming back to Charleston, going to eat at your mama's table, coach your alma mater, maybe sleep in the, uh, sleep in your own bed that you grew up in. Uh, what does Charleston mean to you, Coach? I know what it means to me. I can't wait to get back there as soon as I leave. But I hadn't been back in a while, and it's just like an old shoe, isn't it? You put it on, and everything's the same, and everything's cool. It really is. I, I tell you, uh, it, Charleston, the low country, Monk's Corner, the state of South Carolina is, is, is everything to me. Uh, growing up uh, in my father's home, uh, being a Marine turned itinerant minister in the AME Church, we moved around a good bit. And I did not necessarily have a home, didn't have cousins to play with, uh, uh, didn't have, you know, true friends because we did move. Uh, so I always had a longing for home. My parents always took pride in making sure we understood that we were from South Carolina and where our roots were. Uh, so when we finally had the chance to move back uh, when I was in high school, uh, it, it, it was everything to me. I finally felt like I have a home and a true place to, to be at home. And uh, it just it's where I draw my strength from. Before I make any big decision in life, I would always go back to Monk's Corner, sit on my mother's porch, and, and, and just soak up the fresh air uh, and, and, and think and, and, make, and make my decisions. So uh, it, it, it's who I am. I am Charleston. Charleston is me. I'm Most Corner. Most Corner is me. I'm South Carolina. South Carolina is me. I I, I, I could go on and on and on about how I feel about uh, Charleston and the Low Country. It has always been my goal to come back home in some capacity. Um, and right now, the capacity gets uh, I get to lead our alma mater. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Maurice Drayton, the brand-new head coach for the Citadel Bulldogs. Coach Drayton, thanks for being here. Best of luck. I'm sure we'll talk to you many times on down the road. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA, and we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA.
Lehigh Country Club, Bar and Casino, located 209 Main Street in beautiful and historic downtown Stevensville, Montana, is your headquarters for watching sports in Ravalli County. When football season rolls around again, the only place to be in the Bitterroot Valley to watch your Grizz or your Bobcats is the High Country Club, Bar and Casino, 209 Main Street in beautiful downtown Stevensville, Montana. That's the High Country Club, Bar and Casino, 777-9910. R.W. Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, R.W. Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at R.W. Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call R.W. Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stress, call Reggie West. Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get and their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer and you don't have to get up early or stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book your estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window. And depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is so great. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now, and you don't even have to make a payment until 2024. Wow. It's a very limited time offer, though. It starts on Black Friday, November 25th. It runs through December 9th. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to set up your free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You were listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Folks, we are rolling right along. Next up, Danny Rocco from the Virginia Military Institute. And we're back, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Mr. Danny Rocco, the new head coach for the VMI Cadets. Coach Rocco is a five-time Coach of the Year, three times Big South Coach of the Year, and two times CAA Coach of the Year. Thanks for being here, Coach. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Why the Institute, Coach? I know you've wanted to get back into being a head coach. This seems like a pretty good fit for you. Well, I mean, it's probably a long backstory, okay, but I'll try to kind of summarize some things. I think first and foremost, you're right. I I spent this past season up at uh, Penn State. I was afforded a great opportunity by James Franklin to go up there. I worked as a defensive senior analyst and, uh, you know, really had a pretty neat role up there on staff this year and got a chance to work directly with the defense and with the secondary. And, uh, you know, I liked what I was doing, but I, the longer I did it, the more I really recognize that, you know, I am, you know, best suited to be a head football coach. And for the last 16 seasons, that's what I had done. And um, I had you know, really badly felt like that was my calling to get myself back into a position where I had a little more influence and impact on the athletes. I think from a football perspective, the Penn State experience was a lot of fun for me, you know, but I really wasn't impacting the lives of the student athletes that we worked with, you know, and with that role. So I had a high level of motivation. And then secondly, as you may know, I, my wife and I had really moved all over the country. I kind of say in our first 12 years of marriage, we lived in eight different states. 
is I was on different tours of duties at different universities coaching football. But we spent 16 straight years in the state of Virginia. Um, I was at UVA for five years as the associate head coach from 2001 to 2005, the head coach at Liberty University from 6 to 12, and then the head coach of the University of Richmond from 12 to, I think, 17. So in a lot of ways, you know, Richmond is where our kids grew up. Uh, I'm sorry, Virginia is where our kids grew up. And it's really comfortable. And then I competed against VMI probably on five different occasions and really respected their team, their competitiveness, you know, their fight. I, I really saw the post, the campus, the post that they is beautiful. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's, I had fond memories of it. Um, and was appreciative of the opportunity. And then athletic director Jim Miller, uh, was the athletic director at Richmond. Uh, when I was hired there, and Jim is now the active athletic director at VMI. It can be done at VMI. Coach Walkenheim proved that. I think a lot of people doubted that until that spring season when they hoisted up the Silver Shaco and the Southern Conference Championship. I don't think that road is all that difficult to get back there. The cupboard is certainly not empty in Lexington, Virginia, sir. Yeah, I think that what what it is for me, I've always um, enjoyed uh, taking on different challenges and I've kind of recognized over my career, I've been really a builder. Um, when we went to Liberty, Liberty was one in 10. They had lost 10 straight games the year before. Uh, when we went to Richmond, Richmond was 0 and 8 in the CAA the year before we got there. And when we went to Delaware, Delaware was back to back two and six seasons in the CAA. So all three opportunities I've had as a head football coach were all very much rebuilding situations. So, as I come down to VMI, I think it's just the ability to really prioritize um, the things that will be most impactful and the decisions that need to be made to allow you the most flexibility to move the needle in a positive direction. Uh, Coach Walken and Hine and I worked together at Liberty. Walk was my offensive coordinator uh, my first four years at Liberty. He was part of my original staff. So Scott and I have a really good friendship and a lot of history together. So, like, you know, I know where the issues are. I know what the concerns are. And now it's just trying to find different ways to navigate those and to uh, be able to build that roster in a way that can create some element of sustainability. SCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Danny Rocco, the new head coach for the VMI Cadets. The Virginia area is such a fertile and ripe field for recruiting, Coach, and I know VMI mandates you must take so many kids from the Commonwealth of Virginia. So you can get in that Tidewater, you can get in the Shenandoah Valley, and you can find great players to come to VMI. And that is probably one of the things that I felt um, could be an advantage for for me and us, you know, as I go back to the state of Virginia. Uh, Just we've had such a long history in that state, and you know, what happens is as you, you know, you coach college football and you find out 5, 10, 15 years later that a lot of the guys that you were coaching are now active in the local communities. A lot of them are teaching. A lot of them are coaching. And it was just really neat for me to kind of get back through Virginia there just before the Christmas holiday on the recruiting cycle, the contact period, and to kind of get into some schools and see some people that I either recruited guys that played for me, guys that we played against, 
uh, just things like that. And, uh, again, a lot of the coaches are the same coaches, obviously, that uh, we had been working with over the years. So uh, it's a very talented state. Uh, there's a, a lot of different – there's a lot of really good schools in the state of Virginia, a lot of good football-playing schools, you know. So it's kind of that double-edged sword, but there are – places and pockets to go to really find guys that may be overlooked or guys that may be under-recruited, uh, and it is a good state to work from uh, from that context. And I know you knew this already, but I'm sure some people have informed you how important it is to win the Silver Shaco there. Yeah, well, that's something that Scott talked about all the time, and uh, I recognize it as being a, a very significant you know, rivalry moment in game, and uh, we'll certainly put the proper amount of importance, you know, on that. Um, and I think at this moment, you know, it's kind of kind of one step at a time. I, I just sent something out to the team here this morning about, you know, the idea of winning today. You know, win today. I mean, there's so many different things that you want to accomplish and do and goals and, and different um, things you want to, uh, achievements you want to have. But the most important thing here from the beginning is just being able to focus in on what's important right now. And uh, right now it's the idea of being able to find a way to start stacking successful days, you know, be successful as a cadet, as a student, as an athlete, and start stacking those days so we can start to build some momentum, you know, as we kind of come out of the holiday break and then obviously into the spring cycle. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Danny Rocco, the new head coach for the Virginia Military Institute. Thanks for being here, Coach Rocco. Really appreciate you, and best of luck as we move along into the offseason and next fall. All right, thank you very much. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Doing things a little different this week, guys. You've heard Kev interview a few coaches. It is the coaching hire show. FCS Nation, this is when things get a little wacky. This is when coaches come out of the blue. This is when there are big hires made. And boy, do I got me a big one right now. Head coach Brent Ehrman. He got hired at North Alabama, formerly the OC at Florida Atlantic. Was coaching Nikosi Perry in those owls. Coach, thanks for hopping on FCS Nation today. Yes, sir. I'm fired up to talk with you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what we got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, the first thing that I noticed, you know, when Dick into you is your coaching tree. You've been around. You've been around the block. Kansas with Les Miles. Gus Miles on for a little bit. You know, what are some of the philosophies that you've picked up along the way that you are definitely going to implement at North Alabama? You know, uh, you, you talk about those two guys there. You know, um, I also spent time with Coach Tang, uh, Coach Stockstill at Middle Tennessee. Um, but but Coach Miles on is probably the guy that I draw the most from. Um, the, the style of offense that, that he runs, the up-tempo, uh, downhill spread, Hurry up! Uh, no huddle offense is probably the, the style of play that I'm going to play with. Um, but I, I learned a lot from Coach Miles as well. You know, Coach Miles is a great CEO, head coach. Um, learned learned a lot from him those two years I spent there at Kansas of of how to build a program from ground up. And you're seeing Kansas start to benefit from it now of his years building that program uh, with some young talent. So um, I'll probably draw from a lot of those guys. Yeah, besides some of those philosophies, I know offensively one of the things that you're obsessed with is the RPO. I am as well. I think it obviously is where the game is headed. You're even starting to see more and more of it at the pro level. Are you going to bring that to North Alabama? Is that is that one thing that you're excited to do, bring that RPO specialization to the boys? You know, we'd like to. Uh, we'd like to, but what, what we try to do is mold the, the system around the quarterback we've got, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do what 
that guy can do, that kid can do. And, and I think we've got a guy that can do it really well. Uh, was a starter there last year for him to end the year. Uh, has a quick, uh, quick hand. You, you want a guy that's, that's more like a shortstop. You want that guy that gets the ball out of his hands fast, but also can process and make quick decisions. And, um, if, if you have that guy, it's fun. If you don't have that guy, uh, you're going to be running a little bit different style of offense, but I think the RPO is changing the game of football. It's, it's putting defenses in a bind. Um, and, and if you can do it effectively, it, it's tough to stop. Coach, I wanted to ask you about coaching quarterbacks at the FBS level and now at the FCS level. What do you think that biggest difference is going to be that you notice? You know, with the QBs, uh, there's not much of a jump between a – I've had a really good D, D2 quarterback at uh, Arkansas Tech. I had a really good uh, quarterback at Bethel NAI level. And then I've had uh, Carter Stanley at Kansas, who's a Vera Beach guy. I had uh, Nicozy Perry over at FAU. And really the only difference between uh, those guys – you know, Jalen Daniels was at Kansas with me. Uh, that, that's starting for them now. And the only difference when you move up is, is kind of that, that elite arm talent – I've had great processors at all levels. Um, some of the, the guys at the lower levels could have probably played for me at higher levels. Uh, what people don't realize is uh, a lot of the quarterback 